Praise God. Did you find Mark 4.35 yet? It's in the New Testament for those. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that means nothing. All right. We're going to preach this morning uh, about what manner of man is this? And uh, what what is what are the names of Jesus? Some names of Jesus that maybe you haven't thought of in a while. And um, I've got this big list to read you of the names of Jesus. But I want to uh, read this uh, verse here first. And I want to tell you something that it, it was great. Uh, the song that, that Mark chose today, we didn't discuss. I didn't tell him my sermon title. But the song just fits perfectly with the message, and that's because of who you are. And you know, it's because of who Jesus is that we that we understand faith. It's, uh, it's because of who Jesus is we understand grace and righteousness. It's all because of Jesus, folks. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so that's why we truly mean it when we say, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Amen? The Bible talks about when we when we do all get to heaven, that we'll take our crowns of righteousness and we'll throw them at Jesus' feet. Praise God. Because it's all because of Him. We're not wearing, we won't even wear a crown. We used to say, when the battle's over, we'll wear a crown. But that crown's coming off and going at the feet of Jesus. And we're saying it's all because of you. Amen. It's all because of you. And the minute that it becomes about us and and, uh, and our, you know, works, uh, we're on a bad road. We're on a road to pride. We're on a road to haughtiness. And uh, we'll become, uh, you know, a problem. <laughs> and we will have a problem when we do that. Amen? So let's read this. I'm going to read it. I don't care what. All right, here we go. <laughs> On that day, when the evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. Um, notice he didn't say, Let us go under to the other side. Looks like they were going under. But he said, Let's go over. And uh, go across. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. Um, and a great wind storm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Has anybody here ever felt like you've got a storm in life? Breaking against your boat? Filling it with water? Looks like it's going to sink. But he was in the stern. What was Jesus doing? Oh, he was up binding and rebuking and carrying on something. Oh, what was he doing? Well, he was asleep on the cushion. Thank you, Jesus, for helping out in such a mighty way. <laughs> they, well, we got Jesus here. We're still sinking. You ever felt like that? <laughs> I've got, I know I've got Jesus, but it still feels like we're sinking. <laughs> and we're praying and praising and singing and shouting and stomping and clapping, and we're still sinking. Well, here's Jesus. What's he doing? Well, he's asleep. Thank you. And they waked him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked. The wind. Notice he didn't ask God to do anything. He took authority. Now, folks, there's a time for us to pray, and then there's a time for us to take authority. In Jesus' name, amen. And anything that's coming against our redemptive rights as believers is not God. God's not going to attack you in an area that Jesus died and paid for. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, okay. He awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And uh, King James says, where, where is your faith? They, they want, probably want to say, Well, wait a minute. We're the, we're the faith people here. We are the we are the, the place I used to work had a revolving faith shield on the roof. We are the faith people. 
We have faith lapel pins, faith belt buckles, faith bumper stickers, you know, umbrellas with faith shields on them. You name it. We're the faith people. We were the faith people. Praise God. He says, why you have no faith? And uh, one of them said, don't make such a bad confession to Jesus. No, that's not in there, is it? No, he said to them that you should, a couple of reasons why here, practical, that I'm going to tell you that they should not be afraid and why they should have faith. Anybody think of a reason they should not be afraid? Well, one is because Jesus is in the boat. <laughs> Amen. If Jesus is still with you, if he hasn't bailed. Now, if he leaves the boat and leaves you there sinking, you know, you've got a problem. <laughs> but he's not going anywhere. You know why? Because he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's never going to abandon the ship. We used to say a lot of, you know, sort of uh, cliches and singing and preaching. You know, we'd say he's the captain of the sea. He's the captain of the ship. He's the last to abandon. He's not abandoning you. So even when he feels like he's abandoned you, I'm telling you, that's a lie from the devil. He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. He has not left you in the lurch to fight for yourself. And he's got his word of faith report card here to check it off to see how well you're doing. This is not the nature and character of God. This is not Jesus. Amen? He's with you. Sometimes I think we should just be as honest as the guy in Mark 9 that brought Jesus, his son, that was demon-possessed. Do you remember that? And uh, going to... Ask, him to cast, ask the disciples to cast out, and they, they tried, but didn't. And finally got to Jesus, and, and, and uh, he talked to him about what he was believing. And the man cried out, he said, uh, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Isn't that wonderful? To know that our unbelief does not run. Notice that even when Jesus was the only one in faith, the only one believing, the only one not fearful, he didn't leave them. Well, I can't hang around with you kind of people. You, you're, you're, you're down in unbelief and fear has offended the Holy Spirit. I'm out of here. Bye. I can walk on water. You poor saps can't. <laughs> that's, kind of the way, that's kind of the way religion makes us think sometimes that he's going to be. If, if we have a moment where, where we sort of lose heart, he's just not going to tolerate that. He's out the door. He's never out the door. Amen. He's with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. What if we just went home now and say we had church just preaching on that? But don't worry, there's more. More where this came from. I could preach into the night, but I have to stop myself. And it says, uh, he, he asked them, why are you so afraid? Well, one reason they shouldn't be afraid is he's with them. But also, by now, he said, have you still no faith? An interesting question. I like that translation. It's the ESV. Have you still no faith? In other words, uh, after all that you've seen, after all the authority that you've seen, after all the miracles that you've experienced, you still have no faith? You still don't see that there's authority in another realm? That is a higher, how many can see that, that what Jesus operated in? I'm so excited, I can't, you know, want to just shout. Praise the Lord. Stomp. Stomp. I stomp, but like Jerry Lee said, I can move the pulpit off the, off the podium, but this doesn't sound. I can get a little, uh, you know, cutting board here, so I can have stomping sounds in my message. Stomping board, my stomping board. There he goes. He's going to the stomping board. Brace yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, one thing is they've seen all these miracles, and and what I wanted to say about authority is here's Jesus operating in an authority that's not just natural. It, it's not just because he said the right words. It isn't because he found the formula to stopping storms. And if you say this formula, every time the storms will cease. No, Jesus stepped into, he operated there. But we could say, in a sense, for our understanding, he stepped into and operated in, at that moment, an authority beyond natural human authority. Amen? 
So there is a spirit realm. How many understand that? And there's a there's a spiritual realm of that's also got good and evil in it. You know, not every spirit in the spirit realm is a is a good one. So there's a spiritual realm. There's a spiritual warfare that goes on in that realm. And how many know that what happens there affects what we're experiencing here in the natural realm? And so it's the same here. They were having a natural storm. That's a natural storm. They say these storms in this sea come up quite regularly. And you can be on a sunny day and all of a sudden just be in the midst of a craziness on, on that sea. It's a, it's a particular place on earth that's like that. And so here they're in this storm. It's natural. Somebody can say, well, that's just normal. That's just natural for it to be that way. But, but they needed the natural to change. And so Jesus stepped into, this is a part of faith that we don't think about. Why have so many people struggled with faith? Because they try to make it a formula. They try to make it a three steps to victory. CD series. 14 steps to higher faith. 17 steps to even higher faith. Say that one. <laughs> 22 steps to greater faith than thou hast seen hitherto. <laughs> I've heard it all. You know, but uh, the, you need to take all those and probably, you know, recycle them in the, the recycle center. Uh, because uh, none of that works in that way. It, we're operating in the things of God. I want to get this out of my heart to you. Operating in the things of God. Prayer, faith. Operating in grace. Operating in the victories of God. Uh, in, 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 uh, in being discerning of, 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 of spiritual things. There's not a, I can't teach you uh, 14 ways to, to operate in discernment. No. It's, it's by the Spirit. Hallelujah. It's by the Holy Ghost. It's by tapping in to that spiritual realm. Amen. There's where faith shines. There's where you get the victory. Well, well do you have the series 12 steps to getting into the spirit? No, see, <laughs> that's available too. You see the problem is even no matter what you announce, the step people, <laughs> the formula people want to form put you in a box, in a formula. There's not any formula. And the way that I perhaps perceive the things of God and operate in faith and grace and, 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 and prayer might be different than you. That's why I don't want to teach you, you know, how to do it. It's more like we have scriptures that we that give us the guidelines. Amen? But they are guidelines. Scriptural guidelines. And then as long as we're not like knocking those out of the park, and keeping some curves. I didn't mean to get into all this, but I thought it's good. How do I make that? As long as we keep our curves, what are our curves made out of? Scripture. Anytime you say, well, I don't like that scripture. It doesn't fit my life right now or whatever. Well, okay. Now you're just making up your own religion. Why don't you just become a universalist? You know, or something. Because that's the idea, is you just make it up. And you make you 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 take scripture and make it fit what you think. Uh, you know, it's like if it's up to me. If it was up to me, I would probably be a universalist because it's easier. In other words, just let everybody in. Who cares? Praise the Lord. Hippie, hippie, manly. And then we'll we'll adopt the song from uh, Cole Porter. Anything goes. You know, just anything goes. It's whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be. You know, case or rah, Well, you know, you get along lots better with the world and with culture and with the press. But you see, the thing is, is and let me just remind us, we are Christians. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that means we are followers of Christ. And that means that we believe the Bible. Hallelujah. And we have actual scripture. And with our stupidity, ooh boy, that means really getting rough. Y'all can take it. Praise God. This is this church is mainly made up of the greatest generation, so you can take it. You, know? you don't have to pet everything. But I'll tell you what, when our stupidity bumps up against 
the scripture, then we have a choice to make. Always. Amen? It's like, take something simple like deciding to walk in love or something. Forgiveness. Well, let's just talk about forgiveness for just a minute as an example. You know, they may, have you ever had the walk in love scripture bump up against your need to hold a grudge? <laughs> Praise God. You know, you, you want to hate this person. With the worst possible way, everything. Say, well, how do you go by how you feel? Oh, no, brother, let me tell you. You don't want to go by how you feel, because some days you feel like committing a felony. <laughs> if you just went by how you felt. But thank God we don't go by how we feel. We don't go by just what feels good to us at that moment. Thank God. What kind of crazy world would we live in there? So in the natural world, in a sense, we have laws on the books that keep society from just spilling over the curbs into chaos. And in a sense, we have the same thing with spiritual laws. Did you know that? I'm not talking about Moses' law. I'm not talking about some legalistic thing. I'm talking about the laws of the Spirit, the laws of the Word. Amen? Hallelujah. What are those? Well, it's whatever the Bible says. It's their Scripture. And so we are always, all of us here in the same boat, aren't we? We're always... Uh, conducting our lives and doing things according to those curves. And when our bullheadedness runs up against one of those scriptural curves, then it's up to us to judge it and to say, alright, praise God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to the Word because God is for me. He's not trying to, 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 ch- to uh, chain me or imprison me with the Scripture. But he's setting me free with the scripture, amen. And sometimes setting me free from myself. That we need to cast the devil out. Some people, if you did that enough, you know, you just have a respawn. <laughs> cast it out, and they did it. what happened? Well, we cast out the devil, and this was all that was left was this little respawn. Praise God. <laughs> amen. I have some in laws. Never mind. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. No, not well, kind of. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, you go. You're going to bed. You go to lie and trying to cover up your stuff. All right. Praise the Lord. But I want you to notice is that Jesus, when he took when he took authority over this thing, what I'm trying to tell you is. In, in terms of faith and prayer, when Jesus took authority over this thing, it wasn't just uh, a, some natural, he had learned the formula of how to stop storms on the Sea of Galilee, but he used an authority that's from another realm. So it has to be a higher realm, doesn't it? If you can, if you can take and make something submit, whatever is the submission level has to be a lower level than, than, than what is within the authority above it. Amen? Yeah. That's why, see the centurion, remember the centurion, I'm just teaching something about authority today, alright? The centurion's uh, servant, remember, was sick and Jesus, and, and he talked about authority. That's a great lesson on authority there. You know, he says, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man under authority, and I'm a man over people. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to this one, comes, and he comes. And uh, he's got a uh, hundred men under him. He's, a, he's an important person in the army. And so he, because he understood authority, he said to Jesus, I understand the authority you're operating in. And so if you say my servant's healed, he's healed. Something has to give. That make a good servant on the board, wouldn't it? Something has to give. Well, folks, you know, our our weaponry, you know, Ephesians 6 tells us that our, our weapons of warfare for winning in this life are not carnal. We try to go after things with flesh and blood, and boy, we're going to be always in turmoil and upset. But if we'll go into the spirit realms, amen, didn't mean to go here today, but I think it's helping us anyway. But if we'll go into the spirit realms and do our battles and take our authority and tap into the higher authority, 
then what we're dealing with in this natural world, we'll see some things begin to change. Amen? Let everybody shout at once. Not okay. the neighbors, but doing the chicken dance. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Now, it says here, uh, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? Where's your faith? And it says they were filled with great faith. Is that what it says? No. I wish it did. It says they were filled with great fear. I don't think that was his goal, to make them more afraid. And then they said to one another, who then is this? Or, in the King James, it says, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. See, I love this verse. And then I also love chapter 5, verse 1. Just that one verse, it says, they came to the other side of the sea. They, they, they ended up exactly where Jesus said that they would go. Isn't that wonderful? Now, uh, I want to answer that question. Who is this? Or what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Well, I know I know just some simple answers without getting into a big doctrinal teaching. And I'll tell you first, and then I'm going to read this list to you because I believe it will help you. Number one, uh, number one, who is it that this wind and the sea obey him? Well, number one, it's obviously a man who knows his authority, Right? He knows who he is. He knows his jurisdiction. He knows his authority. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise so that would behoove us to also know the same. We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know who we are and what authority we have. Can you say amen? amen. Alright. Then number two is... He was, who was he? He was a man who knew his authority. He who, and knew who he was. Jesus also was sinless. Isn't that wonderful? Now, why was he sinless? Well, some people say, well, he was sinless because he was such a perfect law keeper. Well, that would have then made Paul and the Pharisees sinless, and yet they weren't. So it's not that. It's something beyond that. Amen. Why was he sinless? He was sinless because he was the Son of God. He was sinless because he was born of incorruptible seed. He was sinless because the sinless Father had uh, begat him, or caused him to come to the earth, amen? Which is a lot in the spirit realm about what, what we should see ourselves as. Because we're born again of the same incorruptible seed, amen? So he, he had, in other words, Jesus was not sin conscious. He did not feel the need to uh, pray about a bunch of stuff before he took authority. Now, I always say this. If you've got open sin in your life, uh, you know, you need to deal with it. Come on. You know, grace or no grace. That's just craziness. Right? I mean, you just, you, you know, the Bible clearly lines out things that are, that are uh, in both testaments. Like I said, there's things that are sin and sinful in both testaments. Uh, Moses' law aside. Alright? Praise the Lord. So, um, you know, if you've just got open rebellion in your life, it's like one preacher said, you know, you could get into the, you know, repent, fail, repent, fail, repent, fail, merry-go-round. Anybody ever been on that thing? And you think, my God, why can't I get free from this? I'm repenting every time I fail, but now I'm sitting again, and it's getting worse, and I'm, you know, a person can feel bound and trapped. And the deal is, is they need to get off of that merry-go-round, get with God, and see what the source of this is. Is it just pure demonic activity? Is it, is it uh, a, some, some, you know, say, well, I'm just tempted. Well, yeah, everybody's tempted. You know, you're not special. Because you're tempted by the, well, I'm just tempted by the flesh. Oh, well, gee, I'll work the media and we'll make a cake for you. You know, you know, everybody's tempted. Everybody has, maybe in different areas and in different ages and, and stages, ages and stages, as we say of life, that those things change. But you know, that's not an excuse. That's not an easy, that's not just that, well, okay, well, you're, oh, you're tempted. Okay, we'll make a 
special case for exception. No, that's the idea of being saved. Amen. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old spiritual and moral condition has passed away. So now all of a sudden you have this gross immorality that's raising up and rising up in your life. What are you going to do about that? See? Well, again, to get on the repent, fail, merry-go-round, that's not going to get you deliverance. What will? Well, you have to go and find out the source of this. What is what is my frustration? Why do I feel the need? And usually, a lot of times, it's an identity crisis. You're still thinking that you're somebody that's not redeemed. That's why the word, and we sang that today too, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm set free. Praise God. I'm delivered. Amen. But let me tell you about grace. Uh, using grace, grace uh, has nothing. How about this? Grace has no partnership with sin. Amen. In other words, whether it be legalism and sin consciousness on one side, how many know that's a pillar? That's a faith pillar. Legalism, externalism, judgmentalism. Anybody ever been in an atmosphere like that? Oh, it's awful. And then everybody's the the uh, police. You know, they'll follow you around, see where you're going, what you're doing. So there's there's that extreme, a sin consciousness which does not promote. Paul said it clearly. He said just just doing those things and trying to discipline the flesh in a natural way. He said will actually encourage. The desires of the lower nature. That's what Paul said. So there's that extreme. Well, the other extreme is, oh, I'm in grace, so therefore I can just live as sinful and as awful as I as, as my flesh dictates. Well, the thing is, you're not in grace there either. Grace is pure. Grace is clean. Grace is holy, folks. Amen. Because grace is another name for a person, and that be none other than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that's why Paul said to the Corinthians who were uh, using grace, they were doing exactly what he said not to, to the Romans. Remember, he said to the Romans, should we sin all the more that grace would abound more? And he said, God forbid. So the Corinthians, I think, had used grace as an excuse to, to be, well, I'm sorry, they were the first church of the fornicators. He said so. He said, it's commonly reported. That there's fornication here. And he said, you have forgotten, you could, you could almost say it this way, Did, would you join Christ, he said, with a heart? And the answer is uh, uh, obviously not. And I think they had never thought of it like that before. He said, you're bought with the Christ, you're not your own, your body's not yours, just do as you please with it. Preach, Brother David. <laughs> you know. But you need to remember that your body is important to the Lord. He has redeemed you, and the old previous moral condition has passed away. Amen? Does everybody struggle with their flesh? Yes, unless you're a liar, and we'll give you the first chance at the altar. Okay? Oh, no, I am I am so I don't even, you know, whatever. But, uh, but what we do is we draw on our inner man, amen? We pull that up and we say, Lord, basically, we just say, Lord, help me. Help me, amen. And, uh, and the Lord, how many know if you cry to the Lord to help you, he'll help you? Amen. He'll never say, no, I'm testing you. to say, oh, I'm going to tell you now. You know, no, that's the <laughs> You've got Jesus and your assistant principal at school mixed up, you know, praise the Lord. But, uh, uh, praise the Lord. Jesus will help you. Holy Ghost is our helper. Amen. Praise God. Well, so, you know, again, um, not getting to grace yet because of sin consciousness is a bad thing. But also trying to use grace as an excuse for some lascivious lifestyle or something is also a problem. Because how can grace, if another, if another name for grace is Jesus, how can Jesus be party to works of unrighteousness? Well, he can't be. Amen? That's, that, that, those things don't work. Glory to God. Alright. Uh, 
Now, somebody might say, well, be careful, Brother David. You're dangerously close to preaching condemnation. No, I'm not preaching condemnation. We're talking about justification. We're talking about righteousness. We're talking about holiness. Where's the word condemnation and all that? It's not in it. Amen? We're talking about walking in freedom in Jesus. Thank God. I'm so, we used to sing the old song, I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Aren't you glad Jesus set you free? Well, if you find yourself bound, then you go to the second verse. Satan had to be bound. Amen. So you have to get free from that. And how do we overcome the devil? By the blood, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. Y'all getting anything out of this today? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching you a four star, four stars out of five sermon. Praise God. We take the reviews. There's actually reviews on churches now, which cracks me up. You know, sermon reviews. You can, everybody can vote if they liked it or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. The, uh, the Jews would have voted Jesus out, I'm telling you. They would have voted him out of office um, before he was crucified. Which is basically, okay, we'll go there if it's too divisive. All right. All right, and it says here, uh, uh, again, answering the question, who is this? The widow of the seal of Abraham. And of course, you know, we've answered two of those. One is, he's a man that knows his authority. And number two, he's sinless. And he knows why he's sinless. Because God's his father and he's a partaker of the divine nature. Which the scripture says that's who we are and what we have. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Alright. So, usually I've, you know, on some sort of time thing of preaching this and I stop there. But I printed this off and I want to read this to you because I believe that I'll, I'll go quickly so it's, we're not here all day. And, uh, these are, every time you say the name of Jesus, uh, you know, Sister Jeannie was talking, talking to me about a song that she likes on the radio about just say the name. Just say the name. The name of Jesus. And remember, I preached a few weeks ago about uh, that Jesus is the Amen to everything that God has done. And Scripture tells us that He is that uh, in Revelation 3.14. But I'm going to read this to you, and, and I'll make some comments about some of it and give you some notes. And if you would like for me to, I can make you copies of this uh, list if you'd like to have it. And I should have done it today, and I just didn't. But uh, I can make you a list and have it for you next Sunday, okay, if you'd like it. How many would like one of them? You know, I'll just do a few. Or you can, I, I can also give you the... Uh, your web address, and you can look it up yourself. Uh, and I'll, I'll do that at the end here. All right, you ready? You ready for the list? Brace yourself, okay? This is the the, the new ride at Epcot. Here we go. Okay. Um, here are all the names. No, it says all the names of Jesus, and I thought of a couple that aren't in this list. I think you can just keep searching and maybe never come up with an exhaustive list. But these are some of the main ones. Number one, he's Adam. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.45 says, So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. It's talking about Jesus. Now think about this. When they asked the question, who is this man? They didn't realize what an answer they could get. But by scripture, we can answer the question, he's Adam. Number two, yeah, I can't preach long on that, can I? Or I'm going to just be here all day. All right, I'll go quickly. He's advocate. First John 2, 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So he's, he's Adam, he's advocate. He's almighty. Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Oh, He's the Almighty. You know, when we say, Jesus, help me, I believe we're saying all these names and attributes of Christ. It's a big thing to say, Jesus is on my side. Jesus is helping me. Oh, Jesus, help me. You know, Sister Jeannie was telling me that when she was uh, uh, going through her uh, hospitalization, the things that she had to face, 
that there were times walking up and down the hall that all she could do is just say the name of Jesus. Or Jesus help me. Praise God. And she found help and strength through that. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I believe when we say Jesus help me. That's not just a little weak prayer. That's not just a little just a little uh, Christian cliche. But I believe there's power in the name. And I believe there's power in the name. I believe there's authority in the name. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? He's all these things. Uh, he's the Alpha and Omega. <laughs> amen. Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and Omega. And then a, a, he's the Amen. I preached a whole message on that. Revelation 3.14. The angel of the church said, the right of the Laodicea and said, these things said, the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He's the apostle of our profession. Wherefore, holy brother, that's why it's not a light thing to say, I'm a believer, or I'm redeemed, or I'm a Christian. It's not a light thing. It's not a religion of choice. It's not just being a follower of Jesus. But he is the apostle of our profession. Don't you love that? Hebrews 3.1 says that. The apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Glory to God, I'm about to get up. I might run the eye. I probably won't, but I'm thinking about it. Alright. Arm of the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 51 9. Awake, awake, put on strength. O arm of the Lord, awake, as in the ancient days. In the generations of old, art thou not yet that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? He is the ark. Jesus is the arm of the Lord. And then Isaiah 53, 1 says it too. Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When, when Christ came on the scene, he is revealing the arm of the Lord. Amen. There's authority in that. There's authority in that. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the author of our eternal salvation. Hebrews 5, 9. He's the beginning of creation of God. And the uh, Revelation 3.14 tells us that that uh, the beginning, the, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He's our, he's God's beloved son. And he, uh, Matthew 12.18. You see why you need the list for all these scriptures. But he's talking about that. He's the blessed and only potentate. Uh He's the blessed, it says that in 1 Timothy 6.15, the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the branch of God, Isaiah 4.2. He's the bread of life, John 6.32. It sounds like an Oral Roberts message, doesn't it? It's good. Captain of our salvation, Hebrews 2.10. He's the captain of our salvation. He's, no wonder we get victory in Jesus. I said, no wonder we get victory in Jesus. No wonder the demons, i got to preach a little. No wonder the demons are afraid of him. No wonder when you say the name of Jesus, devils have to flee. Sickness has to go. Poverty has to change when you say the name of Jesus. Amen? Peace and comfort and victory comes. He's our chief shepherd. Everything about him is the top. Chief, Captain, Potentate, he's at the top. Amen? There is no, the Bible says there is no name given under heaven that's higher than that one. He's the Christ of God. Luke 9.20. He's the consolation of Israel. He's the cornerstone. I'll, I'll give you the list so you can look up the scriptures. He's the counselor. Isaiah 9.6 says that. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. There's a whole other list. The Prince of Peace. He's all those things. He's the Creator. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He's the Day Spring. He's the, our Deliverer. He's the Desire of the Nations. He's the Door. 
Lord, open the door. Well, you got the door. His name is Jesus. He's the elect of God. He's the everlasting Father. Amen. He is the faithful witness, the first and last. You like this list? Just helping anybody. Maybe I thought it was cooler than it is. But I think it's pretty neat. He's the first begotten. He's the forerunner. He's the glory of the Lord. He's God. He's God-blessed. He's the good shepherd. He's the governor, the great high priest, the head of the church, heir of all things, holy child, holy one, holy one of God, holy one of Israel, horn of salvation, my staple is in the way, and the name be removed. Amen. He is, he is the I am. The I am, before he said before Abraham was, I am. Image of God, Emmanuel, Jehovah, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, Judge of Israel, the Just One, King, King of the Ages, King of the Jews, King of Kings, King of Saints. Lawgiver, Lamb, Lawgiver, Lamb, Lawgiver, Isaiah 32, 22. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Amen. Lamb, Lamb, I'm telling you, we can't have smorgasbord faith. Oh, I like some of that. No, that one's not so good. You know, we got to take it all. Sorry. Help us, Jesus. Lay hands on myself. All right. Lamb of God. Leader and commander. See the staple disappear. See you use the name to get rid of staples. The light, light of the world, light of the tribe of Judah, Lord of all, Lord of glory, Lord of lords, Lord of our righteousness, man of sorrows, mediator, messenger of the covenant, Messiah, mighty God, mighty one, morning star, Nazarene. Only begotten Son, our Passover, Prince of Life, Prince of Kings, Prince of Peace, Prophet, Redeemer, Glory to God. I don't know how you could read through this list and not get the victory every time. Resurrection and Life, Rock, Root of David, Rose of Sharon, Savior, Seed of Woman, Shepherd and Bishop of Souls, Shiloh, Son of the Blessed, Son of David, Son of God, Son of the Highest, Son of Righteousness, True Light, True Vine, Truth, Witness, Word, Word of God. Amen. 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 I can think of a few that aren't in there. Amen. But, uh, this lady put together this list. I think it's pretty good, don't you? Now it's a big man because it's on the stable. But, um, uh, I will, I'll make copies for you guys and uh, have it. But, my Lord, you could, you could take this list and just take two or three names uh, a, a day and just pray through it, worship God with it, and, and I, I believe have an experience with God just, just by going over the names. And you know what? Really, every name for God would apply to Jesus, too. And that's something. Every good thing you could say about the Holy Spirit would apply to Jesus. He is our all in all. He is our everything. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So what manner of man is this? That's who he is. He's all that. Amen. There's a song that they sing that I heard it on Christian TV once about, you know, I call him Jesus and I've got all the names. And finally at the end they say, I call him all that. <laughs> and and I, like, I like the words to them. I call him all that. I call him, I got this list, I call Jesus all this and more. But uh, more than that, you know, he's all those things, he's all those things to me. He's my redeemer. He's my helper. He's my Lord. He's my life. He's my helper. Everything that means something to you about Jesus and attribute, hallelujah, that's who he is to you. Now, let me ask you this. How could we lose the victory? How could we say, certainly things in life come against us and, and it's hard to bear. Bad news is not, that's why it's called bad news. 
Amen. Bad news is never fun. Bad news is never easy to, to deal with. Pain and suffering is never easy to deal with. But I'll tell you what. When we get into Christ, when we get in to see who Jesus is, he helps us. Amen. I am not going to stand here and lie to you. I promise that. You know, I always sit here in trouble with somebody when they say, can I be completely honest? It's like, well, what have you been up till now? Now I'm concerned. <laughs> what have you been till now? But I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that because you found some a few scriptures and now you're a word person and you're a faith person, you're a grace person, whatever, that, uh, that uh, and you know a little bit about authority, and uh, you've seen a couple of miracles, that uh, your life is going to be a bed of roses, and everything's going to always work out. If I tell you that, I'm a liar, and anybody that preaches that is a lying. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Because that's just not reality. But I will tell you this, that life can be difficult. But that's why we have Jesus. That's why we have the Holy Ghost. That's why we have faith. To help us. That we can go to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. If there wasn't going to be a time of need. You say, well, what does a time of need mean? Am I in the will of God or out of the will of God? You can't judge the will of God by that. You judge the will of God by the Word and what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You can't look at circumstances and know if you're in or out of the will of God. How ridiculous is that? And I tell you, there's whole churches built on that stuff, and it gets spooky in there. Because if something bad happens, and it's, uh, well, it happened because, you know, you're in the will of God, the devil's fighting it. That's one school of thought. And then the other one is, well, it's bad happened. Because you're out of the will of God, you open the door of the devil. You're getting your rack, your brain. You go on the witch hunt to find out, where did I open the door? I'm pretty sure I covered that all in prayer. I'm pretty sure I'm walking in holiness in that area. I'm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That'll drive you crazy. You can't know that. Like I've said, what's wrong? Brother Horton, Brother David, what's wrong with me? I've got all these problems. And I've always said, I've got bad news. You're alive. That's what's wrong. Praise God. Dead people don't have these challenges. Only live ones. We always feel like our need and challenge is worse than anybody's. Nobody could possibly be going through all the, the confusion that I am. But you know what? Everybody's the same. If we all shift through a lifetime, if we all compare notes, we find that there's extremes. And in some churches, you almost wonder if they're running a queen for a day contest. You know, it's supposed to be testimony time, and they get up and talk about how bad, you know, like the one lady got up Wednesday night, you know, the devil's been after me all week, bless this holy day. Said out, you know, well, she meant to bless the name of Jesus, but the way it came out. But you know, I used to say, you know, some of those, some of those Wednesday night, uh, supposed to be testimony time or prayer request time, and then it would turn into, you know, nobody knows the trouble I see contest. And it's like, you know, some sister stands up and says, well, the washer broke and the vacuum cleaner blew up and the blender, you know, it, you know, exploded and, and the water backed up and there's an alligator in the, the swimming pool and I don't know what to do. And, and then, you know, somebody stands up behind her and says, well, you think that's bad? Listen to this. And then we get in a competition to see who's got the worst story. And then we need the guy to come out for the queen. How many remember the queen for a day show? And whoever had the worst story won the new washer and dryer. And the guy, you know, the guy that put the crown on, he always put it on crooked. And the, the girl had to fix it, you know. How many remember the queen? And she's queen for a day. Whoever told the saddest story, and it was by the audience, but whoever moved the audience the most to the cheers got voted queen for a day. But I tell you what, that shouldn't be our testimony. Walking around talking about how rough and tough and sad everything is. It also doesn't mean that you can't be honest. If you're going through something, you should be able to confess that and say, hey, I, but in a sense of I need prayer. I need your faith. I need you to stand with me. I'm believing God here. I'm having a tough time. I would sure appreciate the prayers to say. I would sure appreciate a little, a little help with my faith here. And sometimes it helps me to know that somebody I have confidence in 
is standing with me, is praying for me, is, is, is believing God with me. Amen. And you're not in this alone. That's why we need the church. That's why we need the body of Christ to be together. We need each other. We need our prayers. We need our faith. We need our encouragement. Glory to God. But never feel like, well, I'm the only one walking through this. Well, no, you're not. You're not the only one. But we all go through the storms of life. But thank God we've got Jesus in our boat. And we also, he said to them, why didn't you use authority? Well, I tell you what, I don't want Jesus saying that to me. I'm going to figure it out. Glory to God. How to use my authority. And I'll tell you, when the things come against us that's so tough and rough, we ought to get mad about it. Not just, no, we ought to get mad because they're violating this time. The devil is trying to rob us of something that Jesus paid for. Like Brother Hagin said, he said, I always switch if I'm going to let anybody, you ever heard that? Kind of an old saying. I'll be switched if I'm going to let anybody steal from me what somebody died and left me. Amen. Well, Jesus died on the cross and left us his redemptive blessings. And we're just not going to just lay down and let the devil walk over us. Amen. We're going to rise up and we're going to take authority in Jesus' name. But we need to know how to tap in and get into that, that realm where that authority works. Because it's not just magic words. Well, tell me what to say. I'm not going to tell you what to say. You're going to get that from the Holy Spirit, what to say. And sometimes you deal with one situation differently than you ever do again. When sometimes you'll pray about something and you'll never be used in that way again. But you just follow the Lord. He'll show you. Lord, show me what to do about this. I need to know. Amen. Amen. I need to know what to do about my children. I need to know what to do about grandchildren. I need to know what to do about the financial situation or the healing or the Whatever. Somebody's gone bonkers. Amen? The Lord will help you to do that. Does this help anybody today? Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and thank God today for the word. Lord, we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We lift up the name of Jesus in this place. Thank you, Lord. Does anyone here today uh, desire hands to be laid on him? The Bible says, on, on yourself, the Bible says that, uh, that is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. They'll anoint with oil. Prayer of faith shall save the sick. If he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. Amen.